Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Empire. You can invest in the future of hard-to-find talent. The, the process goes like this. We find the players, we sign a contract with the players, then we introduce the players to European clubs, and then the European clubs have to talk to the uh, clubs abroad to agree on a contract. Once this happens, we list the player in the app and then fans can invest in the player. That's Adrian Docha, CEO of Nordensa, which is helping major soccer entities find new talent and letting fans invest in their future. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. In a connected world, you'd think it would be easier to find those diamonds in the rough, but actually, it's the opposite. So Adrian and his team decided to try not only to fill the gap of locating new talent for soccer clubs, but also giving fans a way to connect with those players and their favorite teams. Our guest this week is Adrian Docha. He's the CEO of Nordensa, which is a company where fans can fund and bring talented young soccer players to major European football clubs through the use of their scouting methods, and you can invest in the player's future and contractual earnings. Adrian, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks thanks for having me, Bram. Okay, that's a lot. All right, let's start with why did you want to do this? <laughs> well, yeah, that's, uh, that's a long story. I try to be brief. Um, when I was in high school and college, I wasted about seven years of my life playing football management games. Um, and I had no idea that would have any value for my life or for my career in the future. And it didn't, because since then I, I started doing completely different things, brand strategy, and that was my career in, in, in advertising, the advertising industry. But recently, I realized that I need to go back to my first love. So uh, I'm back to football now. Did you have problems getting noticed by scouts or teams? Is that kind of the genesis of the idea of this? No, I don't know. I, I, I never played football professionally. So you know, I was, I'm just a, a, a kid who loves soccer like pretty much every okay. other uh, kid in Europe. Okay. Um, all right. Let's start with the idea of where do you find the players and who is finding them? So kind of take me through that process. Sure. So uh, what we're doing is mostly data scouting. Um, the football industry in Europe is surprisingly conservative. So most of the scouting is being done traditionally. There's some dude going and watching a lot of games, basically. That's how scouting is being done right now. But the few clubs are doing mostly data scouting. And this whole revolution started with um, American um, businessmen who started buying European clubs and bringing the 
from other sports like baseball, for example, and, and, and using data to get closer to the truth. So that's exactly what we're doing right now. It's just that we're not a club. We're, we're a software company, but we're basically using data scouting to discover these kids. I'm saying kids, but they're 18 plus. So basically what we're doing is we're using um, available data. We can we cover about um, 500,000 uh, players around the world. And we built a team of scouts from some of the best clubs in Europe. Uh, and these guys are using the available data and using their own algorithms and using their experience to spot the talent, mostly in Latin America and Africa, uh, hopefully soon in Asia as well, and then in North America, uh, but there's not enough data in, in North America. So, of course, there is data for the major leagues, but there's not so much data for the lower leagues right now. Huh. I mean, you would think that that's the opposite, that there would be a mountain of data for North American players and not for some of these areas that you're talking about specifically some of the more underprivileged areas of the world that's a surprise to hear you say that correct well the the only problem is that as as long as um the competition is on tv there will be data yeah on that competition so uh for example college soccer is most of it is not on tv so because it's not on tv it's hard for uh, tech companies that extract this data to have updated data on on uh, on college kids, for example, who play soccer in, in the U.S. But of course, if it, if you're playing in the MLS, that there's no problem finding data, but it's no problem for for the European clubs either. So it, there's no extra, no added value that we can bring. So that's what I wanted to ask you: What data are you collecting um, from these from these matches? It has to be on television because. I, when we talk about data collection here, especially on big-time athletes, we're talking often about wearables or tracking technology, but I don't. I assume that that's not what you're talking about here when you're trying to find uh, these players. Yeah, you're right, you're right. We're not there yet. As, as you can see, Europe, Europe, Europe is still uh, lagging behind the U.S. in terms of how we track data. So the available data right now is based on video footage rather than wearables. Um, maybe that's also because there is way more uh, athletes to track. So if you track the MLS, there is a limited number of, of athletes that you need to track that so you can use wearables to get extremely accurate data. But if you're using, um, if you need to get data about 500,000 players and some of them are in, 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 a, in a second league in Bolivia and the other one is in a first league in Ghana, it's really hard to, and it's probably not cost effective to implement all this technology. So what, what, um, um, these companies do, they use video footage to extract data and they basically track the players and then they track number of passes, successful uh, passes, tacklings and so on and so forth. So video footage is still king in this uh, industry. We're not extracting the data ourselves because there are countless platforms that do that for us. What we're doing is we use this scouting, core scouting team to, to, to find this talent and then our app crowdfunds so that we can bring these players to Europe. Okay. Because what? Yeah. Because what? What we realize is that a lot of clubs. There are about more than one thousand clubs, professional football clubs in Europe, but only about twenty of them have solid scouting teams, and they are using data scouting. And the other 
980 clubs, most of them don't have that. So that's exactly what we're doing. We're, we're connecting these super talents in all these countries with, a, with the other 980 clubs that cannot afford the uh, scouting team or they just don't realize that they, they should be having one. Okay, and then on the other side of that, though, they have to agree to work with you and they have to agree to that they agree that this player is worth their time to develop within their club. So can you take me through how that relationship works? Because it's one thing to say, we found this great player in this area. We think you'll be interested in him. They at the same time have to take your phone call and talk to you about it. Yeah, so um, the way the, the process goes like this. We find the players, we sign a contract with the players, then we introduce the players to European clubs, and then the European clubs have to talk to the uh, clubs abroad to agree on a contract. Once this happens, we list the player in the app, and then fans can invest in the player, because we want fans to have um, absolute guarantee that when they start investing a player, that player is first. Uh, he has been scouted by some of the best scouts in the world, Second, there's already a club interested in bringing him on. And third, there's already a contract in place. So then when they start crowdfunding, everything is in place. Okay. Um, And then obviously, like, you're trying to appeal to investors who understand sports. You're finding players that most people don't know. So can you take me through this process of, this isn't like in America where we all watch college football and someone could say, I think this person's going to earn more career, but there's a lot of available data and you may know the team he played for. You're going to be putting players in front of investors that they probably know very little about. So can you kind of take me through that process? That's correct. That's correct. Uh, It's a bit different because um, in soccer, there is a rule um, created by FIFA a few years ago. It's called third-party ownership. Um, basically, they prevent any other party other than the two clubs, buying club and selling club, to own or co-own a player. So then, because that law exists, it's illegal for us or for any other investor to own a share in a player when it comes to transfer, getting a share of the transfer. Um, in, in soccer, unlike other sports, the transfer values tend to be enormous. I yes. mean, they sometimes pay 100 million, 200 million for a player. Uh, so we cannot have a share of that because it's illegal. But what we can do, and that's the, the innovative side of the project, is that what we can do is we offer a percentage of the future earnings of the player, which is completely okay from the legal point of view. Um, the investors, therefore, that we're targeting are not the uh, institutional investors. They are not the, the, the big guys. They are the, the football fans who just want uh, to get more involved in the game. And they've been wanting this for a long time. And any type of actual involvement in the, the football industry was forbidden to, to, to football fans. You, as a football fan, you can watch football, you can discuss football, you can uh, bat on football, you can buy all kinds of stuff like NFTs and uh, football cards and all, all kinds of things, but you cannot own anything in football. And Ordensa makes this possible because finally you own a real asset protected by European law. So you own a percentage of the future revenue of the player, and that's needed. And because football is 
so big. I mean, there's about 4 billion people. It's the biggest thing on earth. It's not, not just biggest sport. It's just the biggest anything. It has 4 billion fans around the world. And these 4 billion fans have zero decision-making power in football. And yeah. then there's about 20 or 30 or 40 billionaires who get to decide everything. So what we're doing is we're democratizing football by allowing these billions of people to get an actual share in a football app. This episode is brought to you by Chalk and Dog, which brings together the vast experience and expertise of two of the brightest agencies in media, sports, wagering, and gaming. With deep roots in the UK and the US, the agency offers expert guidance in everything from market entry to market expansion for startups as well as established global brands powered by best-in-class communication and creative experts. Chalk and Dog has vast international experience and delivers results-oriented, tailor-made solutions for B2B and B2C organizations. Still, though, and you understand, the billionaire at the end of the day has to agree to allow this player to play for his club, no matter what. So even if I was to invest in a player that you've scouted and tell me could be really great and just needs an opportunity for a big-time European club, that club still has to say yes to that person in the end. Definitely, definitely. Um, What we realized by talking to to different clubs is that most clubs cannot afford to give a chance to a young player from abroad because it's just too much of a risk. So they would rather get talented players from their areas rather than bringing some some talented kid from from Brazil uh, only to find out one year later that he doesn't fit in or he's not what they expected and so on. So because this is too much trouble for most European clubs, that's exactly where we come in. And what we realize is that most European clubs would be happy to work with us because, first of all, they get super scouting for free. And most of them cannot, they, they don't have this type of, this level of, of scouting skills in, in, in their own club. Second, we pay for the player's salary for a year, which is crazy for a club president. So most probably if they see that player being useful for the club, they will say yes. So you take the financial risk out of the club for a year and say, trust us, we found somebody we think might fit in for you and you're going to have a year to work with him and it's going to cost you nothing except for your time and resources to do it. Exactly. And we, we basically, we minimize the risk for everyone. And even for fans, they invest, the minimum investment uh, is 30 bucks. So even if you invested in a kid and you gave him a chance to be noticed and play in Europe and and be seen, okay, if he doesn't stay in Europe and he has to go back uh, um, to his former club, you lost 30 bucks. That's true. That that could happen. But you gave someone a chance. Right. If he stays in Europe, you're getting all the money back. And then for the next five years, you're getting 3% of his gross salary. And that could be big if the player really grows into if the play, uh, right if the player but they under you understand and I'm sure you tell your investors this is risky right like most players don't make it on that level it's it's big time sports and you're going to have to make it correct. right got it correct. okay yeah it, it, the risk is is intrinsic to the and to the sport and we want to be very transparent with with our backers with the fans um, we would like a lot of. Uh, the fans of, a, of of the club where the where the player is landing to invest. Yeah. We would like them prioritarily to invest because 
they invest in their own club. Right. So even if the transfer fails and the, the kid doesn't prove to be the next uh, uh, Messi, still they invested in their club. And it's, it's less money than they would pay for a ticket yeah. to, to see their favorite game. Yep, that's true. All right, so in, in the end, if I were to invest in one of the players, but I'm a fan of a specific team, can I do so after they've landed at this in this specific team, or am I guessing at who I'm investing in and who's actually going to be interested in them uh, in Europe? Uh, you're investing before he's, he's landing in, in, in that team, but you're investing once there is a contract between the two clubs. So ah. once the two clubs sign a contract, we start raising the money for an entire year of minimum salary, just covering basic expenses, and then he's landing in, in, in your favorite club. Okay. We've talked a little bit about the technology of, of how you're finding players and the data that you're looking at. Take me through your platform. What, what is a user? What's the user experience of going on Nordensa? Uh, well, we're not a data company per se, because we are using platforms like White Scout, for example, which belongs to Huddle, the American company. And they, they've been doing this for years. So there's no point competing with them on gathering data. We don't gather data. We just use existing data. Yeah. Uh, for, a, for a user, what they'll find in the, in the app is basically a list of players they can invest in. And they can see where he's from, age, some um, basic um, stats about um, his uh, recent, um, uh, recent games. And then you can simply in, choose the player to invest and insert the credit card and you can buy a number of shares in that player. You can buy anything from uh, one share to a thousand shares yep. um, issued per player. And then later on, at some point next year, we want to introduce trading so that you can build a portfolio ah. of investments in different players. So if you wanted to trade your shares of a certain player, you could do so. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And then... Yeah. Are you working with anything else with teams in terms of incentivizing users? As I could see retention being something that will be an interesting model for you all. You get people who invest. If their player doesn't turn out to have a great career, how do you get them to do it again? So have you have you thought through like what retention would look like for your users? We're thinking about giving them an extra incentive to reinvest in players. We're also considering um, a few football celebrities to uh, endorse the product so that yeah. they can create a list of favorite players and they will co-own, um, they, will, they, will, they will have a share in the, the player's future income as well. So basically you'll have a celebrity saying, this is my top 10 list. Of course, it will be a, a, a list that was already, has already been curated by our scouts, but then the celebrity will choose, let's say, this this top 10 out of our 100 um, shortlist. And then we publish that list and you can co-invest together with that celebrity in those players. Yeah. Um, all right. Have you guys come across a player yet that you go, oh man, we just found the next Messi or we just found the next Ronaldo? <laughs> it's hard to tell uh, because they are 18, 19, 20 years old. And that's exactly the, the age group that we're interested in because the growth potential is the highest. But on the other hand, you really don't know what you get. And what you know is that data shows great potential. Potential as in growth rate. You see a number of indicators that are growing constantly, which means that kid is really working hard on improving his skills. Once he moves to Europe, a lot of things can change. He's getting better 
coaching, the, the training facilities. Uh, he's getting exposed to different football cultures. So chances are that his, his game will improve. But also there's a risk that he will not uh, adapt to the new country. And then, yes, that, that, that's a risk. Adrian Docha is the CEO of Nordensa. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Bram. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.